Join us for another spooky edition of the Michael Burgess Show. Do you like the Michael Burgess Show? Want to support the show? Then head over to patreon.com slash Michael Burgess Show to become a Patreon. Hey guys, as I promised you, I'm doing another Michael Burgess Show episode today for you. Now, as you heard at the beginning of the pe- of the of the podcast, um, I have set up a Patreon page, where if you head over to Patreon.com/slash Michael Burgess Show, you're able to donate money to help me keep the cost and running of this show, and to give you little extra bits with money that is donated. And Another thing we're doing is we're going to try and be running, uh, raising money for charity and we're going to choose a different one each year. This year we have chosen Rainbows, which is a charity for children and young people. The idea is that you head over to my Virgin Money Giving page, which is uk.virginmoneygiving.com slash Michael Burgess Show. That's UK dot virgin money giving dot com slash michael burgess show which can also be found on the link can also be found on my website and tweeted once a day at seven o'clock automatically so you don't have to worry about waiting for me to do it randomly um and another thing that i need to tell you about today's episode is that Some of the news stories and articles that we have looked up this week will be a bit old and some will be a bit new due to the Christmas period and the fact that my microphone decided to stop working. So let's stop jibber-jabbering now on about absolutely nothing and let's get on with the show. Time for the round. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Michael Burgess Show. Let's move on to our first article. Kerry Patman, wildlife photographer in Greece, woman's passion. This is a story about a girl who was a who used to be who was a f- newspaper journalist for fourteen years. Her nickname is Grippo Peak. She's photographed. Well, actually, her her full name is Kerry. Anne Grippo Peak. Um, in November 2010, she decided to become her own sort of personal photographer for wildlife. She decided to capture loads of different wildlife in her local zoo mainly. She she basically lives on in a house that her grandparents gave her when they passed away with her husband which backs on to an orchard. Um, I think from what I was reading, from what I am reading even, it's a winery orchard, you know, where the big long sort of, you see all the plants and everything. Where she lives, she can see many different animals. She, uh, She can see wild turkeys, foxes, rabbits, skunks, groundhogs, Cognots, uh, hawks, birds and squirrels of all different colours. Now, she became famous when one of her pictures of a snowy owl went viral through Facebook. 
It went viral when the local zoo used her pictures in their in their yearly calendar two years in a row. Now they didn't use the same pictures, obviously they used different ones. But what ha- what had happened is is the first year they'd asked her, and then they asked her if they could use her photos again. She then subsequently mentioned what photo was being used in her in the calendar on her Facebook page. And when this happened, Canon then decided to show their, show the picture on their Facebook page as well, and the picture went viral. And for those of you that don't know, viral is an internet term, which means that a picture, video, music, or anything you add to the internet goes worldwide famous. And I wanted to bring this up because I think this is an amazing story and and it's a good way for most people to start. Because she's got 18,000 likes on her fan page. Now, from what I can see here, she doesn't look like she has a website. But you can contact her at kerry at ergrad.richeter.edu. Or you can add her on Facebook at West Extra. Yeah, West Extra of Democrata and Charila. But I'll add that to my page. You can see, and you can also add her on Twitter at Kerry Putman. Um. So yeah. So I thought that was an interesting story. And to be honest with you, it's how a lot of people these days in photography actually get started. When a big major company like Canon decides, yeah, we're just going to share your photo, and then people looking at, wow, where did you get that from? Wow, where did that come from? Wow, this, wow, that. And all this sort of stuff. So, you know, it can be interesting in in that sense. So, good luck, good, good on her and good luck for the future. Now, the next news story that we come on to is Mars- Mark Marcel, photographer Bob Gross, shares more safari stories. This is about Mark Murrell, who shares his passion and f- and photography about Bob Gross, who shares his stories about some of the most amazing pictures that he took during his life. Now, when you head over to the website, you won't be able to see most of the pictures, but if you look up Bob Gross, you'll find them straight on Google. I'd like to share a few with you, but they're all copyrighted, so by law, I'm not allowed to on my own website, but I would if I could. Anyway. Um, yeah, so it it shows you, it tells you about the giant otters that he took pictures of, the Andama cock of the rock, a bird that he took. It also explains to him, explains to you that he is uh, shade blind, which is a type of color blind, which means depending on how dark or light a a color is, he is able to see it. So when he goes to look through for cock of the rock it doesn't look like the same as what we would see in color wise so when he looks at it and this is what fascinated him about nature photography and the cock of the rock was the fact that 
the colours to him did not look the same to us. They were vibrant, they were beautiful, they were magnificent. Whereas the cock and the rock, when I look at it, is a grey, dull sort of colour. A bit like a pigeon in some ways. But I like that and it's kind of a sort of thing and he also ta- and he also does the Peru monkey. Now I like the fact about an old and a new world monkey. So I'm going to read this to you. All of the Peru primates are classified as new world monkeys. The most prominent distinction between new world monkeys and old world monkeys are their noses. Noses of the new world monkeys are flatter and the nostrils open to the side. Old world monkeys have longer noses with nostrils that open to the front, like dogs. New world monkeys are the only monkeys with prehensiles, grasping tails. Old world monkeys cannot hang from their tails. So it's interesting facts like that that he that he gives you in this article. So when all the when this is finished and you're listening to this, head over to michaeljohnburgessph.com and look at the look at the latest um, podcast article and have a look at this one and read some more of the most interesting facts about the animals he's taken and share them with friends. And they've also got like more pictures for you to see on the website. For example, they've got a little slideshow going on where if you click the next button, it will show you what the bird looks like, it will show you what the monkey looks like and what the otter looks like. So... Yeah, so head over there and have a look for yourself because I think it's an amazing story, an amazing thing to share with people. And it's something that one day I wish I could be able to do. I'd love to go to Africa and sort of do these sort of things. It's absolutely amazing. I'd love to be able to do it. So one, hopefully one of these days, actually, I will go over to Africa. I'm going to make that one of my life goals. While you're sitting here with me, I'm going to make that one of my life goals. I'm going one day going to go to Africa and I'm going to take some amazing photos like he did. Or, or Peru or, or that side of the world because it's, it's amazing. Animal-wise, it's absolutely amazing. Now, the second to last article that we come on to today is The Best in Photography 2013. Statement photographer shares their favourite work of the year. American statement staff Augustus Augustine in the verge of breaking into the top 10 largest cities in America based on the year's worth of of photos. It's easy to see why people want to live there. Our photographers and videographers work very hard to bring you the sights and sounds of the cities as well as all around central Texas. Now, I've got to say, I've looked at some of these photos and I would say they're amazing, absolutely fantastic, but they're not the best work I've ever seen. I'm sorry, they're not the best work I've ever seen. I've seen some pictures on Flickr which are absolutely fantastic. But that's just my own opinion. I mean, everybody has their own opinions on things and this is written on the opinions of one person. Uh, My opinions could be different. This is Natalie Cole, Director of Photography. And you know... Again, my thoughts could be different to your thoughts and so on and so forth. They do- 
they document challenge as well as what they stayed what had stayed the same so they documented in texas what had changed and what had stayed the same over the year and all this sort of thing so head over to this article and write in the comments if you like the photos or not because it's all up to you i mean my opinion is they're not the best i've ever seen but i'm not saying they're not bad because i could never take something like that so i'm saying they're not bad but they're they're not i wouldn't say they're the best you know sort of thing now our last and final article of today is this colorblind photographer pictures will make you want to ditch technology and move to the woods and i'm going to read you two parag two sentences here and i think they are the best quotes ever right it's easy to get so caught in the fast pace always connected whirlwind of daily life that you forget to give yourself time to breathe technology makes our lives better and easier in millions of ways but we all need to occasionally take time to unplug unwind and appreciate the nature beauty around us i think best best phrases i have ever heard in my life the second one is the best so I'm going to save that and use that on my website, I think, because that is the best quote ever. Let's put that underneath there. Save that to my document so I don't lose it. But yes, no, it's... And if you look at these pictures, this is what I was saying before. These pictures are much better than the ones I saw on the website. Now... Again, you can click the little arrows on the website and it will show you the pictures. Now, one of these pictures, oh, fantastic. It's called, I love to breathe the elements and cut the breath through the wildness, he says. And it's basically just some, um, you know, you know when you see um, farmers and they have that little bits of weed in their mouth. Well, it's that uh, covered in sort of the damp of the night and webs that spiders have created over the night uh, over time so it's it's an amazing article to read and it's a good share and the pictures are absolute you get 26 amazing photos from a blind from a color blind person i mean that means he can't see the colours in the same way we can or see them at all. And I mean, when you look at the world like that and see what he can take, it's just like, what? Oh my God, how the f- fudge do you do that? My God, my God, my God. Photos of the week. As you guys well know, I like to go through Flickr. Uh, on my Flickr group, flickr.com slash group slash Michael John Burgess PH, and look for some amazing photos that you guys share on there with me. Now, our first photo today, he hasn't really given it a name, I think this is a default name that the camera gives the photo, which is DSC underscore 7079 by Norberto Lewis. By Norberto Lewis. Um, 
the reason why I've chosen this photo today is because it is great. Not amazing like usual, but it, it, it is good. Basically, I, the things I like about this photo is I like the way that he's captured the sunset behind the mountains along the field. And the trees you've got in the background there and all the different greens and, and browns and fields and lakes and stuff that you can see. Now, I like the way that the, the blue of the sky is all sort of nice and bright and sort of clear and then you've got the back blue of the sky which has got some cloud in it which gives you a sort of clarity of of different shades and it shows you that it's red sky at night shepherd's delight um because i have no idea why we have that saying over here but over here we have red sky at night shepherd's delight red sky in the morning shepherd's warning it's a weird one but we have it I don't, don't even know what it really means, to be honest. Anyway, getting back to the picture. <clears throat> now, the things I don't like about this picture is the fact that I would have personally brightened up the foreground of the photo as well. So you've got the light of the background and it's showing you that it's becoming dark with the sun, sun setting or sun rising, but it looks like sunset. Um, I would have still brightened up the green and the brown of the front ever so slightly but i can't criticize too badly because i'd never be able to capture something like this so you know it's it's amazing and something that i just wanted to share with you as a quick sort of photo now we move on to our next photo which is called curvy now i did contact both of these photographers and i'm going to read you what Sloppy Stick has written to me, Jeff Hagerman. Hagerman. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Jeff, but you know. But um, anyway, I took this photo in Detortit or Detrotit, Detrotit, in a church that was built in 1908, designed by the architecture Sin- Sydney. Badgeli was was abandoned around 2005 when the resident when the reverend died purchased in 19, in 2009 by another church but they haven't done anything with it also the movie Alex Cross based off the James Patterson book filmed there in 2011 as far as the photo itself it was taken with a canon t2i 550d at 10 millimeters sigma 10 to 20 millimeters varying varying shutter speed f 3.5 iso of 100 on vanguard tripod it's free exposure merged using Photo Mix Pro and touched up in Lightroom. Yes, and uh, he put, hopes that helps. Yes, it does. Thank you very much, Slapstick. Sloppy Stick, even. Um, thank you very much for that. Anyway, what I like about this photo, and I do actually, I like the free exposure effect he's done on top. Because I've always liked... 
um, that effect on a photo. To me, it's sort of an amazing effect that I've always wanted to try and do myself. But I've never been able to do it. I have never, ever in my life... I know how to do it. And I've tried millions of times. But never been able to do it. Could not do it. You know, noise me. Hello. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. And the other things I like about this photo as well. Because he stitched those three um, on top of each other. You get sort of a what it actually looks like effect a sort of it looks like you can actually go and touch the stone you can go and touch the wood of the chairs and the and the glass of the of the of the windows and I call them windows in churches don't they because they're glass but they're not windows because you're not looking out you're looking with a uh, I can't remember I'll look that up for you guys I tried to look that up but I completely forgot to look it up you know Anyway, um, yeah, and I like the way that the light shines through the windows. The only thing I would have done, personally, is taking it from a lower down angle. Because the way he's done it, you can definitely see that he's sort of taking it from a sort of standing up, sort of upright position. Which this photo makes it look a bit fat. But I can understand why he's done that at the same time. Because you might want to be trying to get the whole area in. Which the way he did it is sometimes easier. To show what you want to show. I also like the, the, the darkness of the building. The, the the gothic effect of the building. And the way that it sort of shows its, shows its gothic side. And how old the building actually is. And... I like, I like the way that it's sort of falling apart as well. Not like the bricks are coming off and all that sort of thing. It's like the, the, the paint and the wood started to sort of fade away. And 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 if they had up any sort of uh, wallpaper, that started peeling off. And all this sort of thing. So I love the way that this person sort of captured this photo. And made it his own in his own way. His own. Why am I saying his own? You know, his own way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so weird sometimes. His own. Twitter of the week. Now we come on to our Twitterer of the week. Um, this week I've chosen Magis Photo. That's M-A-G-I-S-P-H-O-T-O. M-A-G-I-S-P-H-O-T-O. Now, the reason why I've chosen this person today is they're not a person that tweets very often. They have nine tweets. Um, Not very many followers either. So it's someone you might want to follow, might not want to follow based on the fact that they don't have many tweets out. Now, I don't know. I don't know how long they've been on Twitter for. It, It might not be that long, to be honest. But he mainly tweets out what photos he puts onto his blog. Now, you can head over to the blog and see some of these small, amazing photos and then have a look at them bigger. Um, his HDR photos. Um, it's an Italian person who speaks English by the looks of it. Um, his description on his Twitter page is photos from Peruga and surroundings. 
And you can see his website there, and you can also go over to his website and donate money to him and all this sort of thing. Um, his pictures are good uh, amateurish, a bit like myself. Um, but yeah, no, so head over to Magis Photo, that's M-A-G-I-S-P-H-O-T-O, and follow that person. Now this is the interactive part of the show where you send me your questions. Now I've not been sent any questions thus far but if you would like to send your photography based questions to me you can do so on Twitter at MichaelJohnBurg that's at M-I-C-H-A-E-L-J-O-H-N-B-U-R-G. You can also do it at my email address, podcast at michaeljohnburgessph.com. That's podcast at michaeljohnburgessph.com. You can also you do it on the rooms page of my website when you make up your own profile and send it to at mjbph, that's at mjbph, or you can use the contacts page on my website and contact me through there to sort of ask your questions on the email section there. You've been watching the I want to talk to you about a truly extraordinary place. It's called Rainbows, and it's a children's hospice. Like most hospices, it's almost entirely dependent on charitable donations. But you can't put a price on what the people who work there do. They offer hope at a time of no hope. They bring light to the saddest of times. We're truly grateful that places like this exist. We're also truly grateful to the family you're about to hear from. What they've been through is absolutely heartbreaking. They want to tell their story, to say thank you. We had Tom, a first child, uh, in 1994 in September. When Thomas was first born, he was demand feeding and not sleeping and all the sort of normal things that um, babies do. But sort of coming up to around five months, he wasn't doing all the developmental things that he should have been doing. There was an awful lot of hospital appointments and tests. It was then decided that he had cerebral palsy. When Thomas was four, there was a new addition to the family, Harry. Although I was nervous, about having another baby. He did seem a lot, lot stronger. But when, when we started thinking there was something wrong with Harry as well, it was just heartbreaking. With the chances of both children having cerebral palsy being so slim, they were re-examined. Both Thomas and Harry were diagnosed with a very rare neurodegenerative disease. The illness was terminal. It was devastating news, but the family stayed strong. We went on holiday with them many times, did 
lots and lots of things, tried to be as normal a family as we could be. In 2004, Thomas died in hospital, aged 10 years old. We had to hope that Harry could understand that his brother had gone. And that was very hard because um, he couldn't ask us any questions. He'd look up outside towards the sky, wouldn't he? Because we told him that yeah. Tom had gone to heaven and we'd look up and... We realised that, yeah, we've got to just enjoy everything. We did as much as we could do with him. We had a really, really great time. As Harry's condition deteriorated, the family needed more support. This is when they came to Rainbow's Hospice. I thought maybe it might be a bit more like hospital, um, but it's anything but. Rainbow's provide respite and end-of-life care for children with life-limiting conditions. It's not a place of sadness, it's not a, a place of gloom. It's, um, it's a place of happiness and fun and laughter. They have a lot of time to be together, to be a family. As any parent, all you want is what is the very best for your child. And I think you knew you was going to get that here. We trusted them and, never, and they never failed us. For Harry, there was no better place on earth. He's got his music therapy, he's got... The art room. Yeah, the play specialist. He's got nurses that, well... Doted yeah. on him. <laughs> Even right up to the last music therapy session. Harry could virtually not move any muscle or finger or anything in his body, but he just managed to tickle the, the chime bells with his, his little finger, didn't he? Yeah. It's just such a small thing, but it just sort of brings home how much that, that meant to him. Two days later, on the 17th of December, 2010, Harry died at Rainbows. He was 12 years old. Something you never want to have to contemplate, but... You could replay things over a hundred times and you couldn't make it any more better for Harry than it was. We held a, a celebration of life service and um, a number of the, the Rainbow staff came along to that and it was just lovely and just what you would expect from them. After you've lost a child, they're not afraid to show their emotion. You know that they feel it for you too. Yeah.